It's all of us. 
Equipping, that's what we're talking about tonight, it's, it's our passion. And I believe it's Jesus' passion. Jesus is passionate about you and I coming to know Him in a way where we become more like Him. And that's what we're talking about equipping. Uh, specifically, it's this symbol. It's equipping to live like Jesus. That's what we're after. That's what the second pillar is about. Equipping to live like Jesus. That's our desire. That's what we want to see each for each one of you. We want to see next week, next month, next year, your life look more like Jesus than it did in this moment, than it did last year. You guys with me? Right now, it's a little weird. And it's true. We look a little weird. 
Um, 
that was two things. The bar. The bar is Jesus. That's what he wants us to reach one of them. I, I feel like uh, it's worth saying that the church has often lowered the bar or changed the bar entirely to be something else. Let me just say, it's a lame. Not only is it lame, but it's glorious. Being like Jesus is gloriously exciting and adventurous and scary all at the same time. But it's anything but glory. He's the bar. And churches have kind of changed it to be something else, changed it to be the goal is becoming nice people, the goal is um, trying to get along with one another. That is the goal, and, you know, one that was sort of. Um, the goal is being good. But that's not the goal as far as Jesus. The goal is to get everything so that you can be like So you can be in his image. So you can walk in his footsteps. Because with me, I know I'm, I'm saying the same thing a few different times, a few different ways. That's the bar. That's the bar. And it's amazing. And it is way out there. But it's possible. It's possible for you to be like Jesus. And what do we mean by that? We're not just talking like what will Jesus do, you know, like to be nice. <laughs> We're talking about an intimate relationship with God where you hear his voice. Where you walk with his spirit and step with God with you and in you. In such a way that wherever you go, God knows. And because God is there, good things happen. Glorious things happen. That's what Jesus lived out. We'll get into that a little bit more, but that's kind of the basic idea. Alright, I'm going to go back to the Yeah, let's, let's go to 22. Since you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What I'm saying is that. <laughs> oh, well. Alright, there we go. We won't get ahead uh, of ourselves. Okay. I want to break down quickly these two areas. What are we equipping ourselves? What are we training ourselves into? Exactly, first of all, to be, to be like Jesus. But I think it looks like two things primarily. And the first is we are equipping ourselves in identity. That's what, that's what Ephesians 22 through 24 is actually talking about. It's referring to the process by which you and I are coming into the truth of who we are now in Jesus. 
So becoming more like Jesus doesn't actually start with doing something. It actually starts with realizing who we are. You guys with me? Does that make sense? So he says in Ephesians 4, we're, we're in the process of putting off our old self, our old way of living, our old way of thinking, and renewing ourselves to this new nature that we have. That's our identity. So equipping is fundamentally about first and foremost being established in our new identity in Jesus. That's who you are now because of who he is. And he says, you're created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The bar is Jesus. And what Ephesians is telling us is, in fact, Jesus has given something of himself already to us so that we can so before you ever do like him, you be like him. Are you with me? And so actually, equipping starts with the process of you and I having our thinking in you. So that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we don't just see a human being anymore. That's been an excuse for a long time for the church. I'm just a human being. No, you're not. If Jesus is in you, if the Spirit is in you, you're not just a human being anymore. You have God. And so the process that we are undertaking is this process of actually letting go of old habits, letting go of old ways of thinking that led to old ways of doing, and letting God renew our thinking into this new reality now of who we are in Jesus. Boom. Come on, man. Come on. How much do I owe you for that? <laughs> How about I open the other thing? That's good. That's good. Like taking off the old coat and putting on the new. And you need to put that coat on every day. That's what he says here. We're letting go of our old ways of thinking, and as we go to our old ways of living, and we are letting God renew us to the reality of who we are now in him. And if you don't know who you are in God, then you can't walk that out. And I believe that for the church, that's actually a place that we need to be established into a very degree. And it's not just a one-time thing, it's this ongoing process. Because we forget. We look in the mirror and we still sometimes see our old self, what God sees our new self. And so we need to actually let God remind us of what He sees so that we can believe that and walk in it. That's identity. That's good, man. I, I like that. That's so good. So we gotta put on the new coat. That is our identity in Jesus. And it's one of the things that we are after here is 
helping to remind each other of what that actually is. It's new creation reality. It's you are created in Christ to be holy and blameless in His sight. It's you are in Christ walking out the righteousness that He obtained and He could You with me? All right. And then jump to one more. So it's identity first. And then connected to that, it's inheritance. Inheritance. I want to go to Galatians. Jeff really wanted to go to Galatians. We're finally there. Galatians 4. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read the, the first part of Galatians 4. And um, this is about inheritance. And I'm going to talk about how identity and inheritance are connected and part of this um, pursuit of being equipped to be like Jesus. Since what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, she is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He's talking about being a child in a family. Since as long as an heir is underage, meaning until a certain time comes along, the child who has a inheritance that hasn't been accessed, he's really no different than a servant in the household. Okay? He says the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So the father of that family determines who gets what and when. He says, so also, so this is an analogy to a spiritual reality. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into your heart, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Abba. So you are no longer a slave but God's child, and since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. Say, also an heir. Okay, so Galatians is describing a very significant correlation identity and inheritance. He first says that you might be a son, but until until the time set forth by the father of the family that you are a part of, you don't receive any of your inheritance. And he says, in fact, the time was Jesus coming and giving himself up. Coming to earth and given the sacrifice of his life to humanity. That's the concept. So that we could be sons and daughters of God. That's identity. So Jesus, what he did, the work on the cross, isn't about getting us somewhere, it's about getting us to someone. Jesus died on the cross so that he could come into the family of God. So that he could now be forgiven. Not just forgiven, but reconciled. And reconciled means to be brought into a certain type of relationship with God back before that.
that all happened at some And that relationship is called sonship. It's to be sons and daughters of God. That's our identity now in Jesus, for those that have said yes to the sacrifice. That's who you are now. You're a son and a daughter of God. You're accepted in Jesus, into the family of God. Are you guys with me? That's amazing. And it actually comes with privileges. So, we're equipped to understand our identity. And that's significant because when we begin to understand our identity, we will start to realize that there are rights and privileges that come along with who we are now, God. It's not just hypothetical, and it's not just for some other time and place, or some other person. You have an inheritance in Jesus, and He wants to give it to you. The time has already come for the inheritance to be received and to be experienced. So if identity is like a coat that you put on, inheritance is like a gift that you open and enjoy. So He has given that gift to us. And in the same way, some of you are given as artists, you have to nurture it. You have to pursue it. You have to take out the, the paints and begin to paint. You have to take what God is giving you in His Son and you have to begin to live. That's good news. That should be good news. That should be exciting. That's the Christian life. That's what this is about. And it's not just for not just for those of us who get to stand up front. And in fact, if you go back to Ephesians 4, those that are in a place of authority are actually um, in those roles. God's design for that is so that they would equip the church, everybody, equip the people to do what God has given us to do as our inheritance. So he says, if you are sons and daughters, then you are heirs. Do you know what an heir is? An heir gets a portion of the estate. An heir gets a portion of what the family has. So if you are an heir, if you're a son or a daughter, then you're an heir. If you're an heir, that means God has something for you in his family. Do you know what that is? That's my next question. The first is, do you want to be like Jesus? The second is, do you know what God has for you? Do you know what your inheritance actually is? And are you living in it? Are you going after the discovery and the growing of it? That's what God wants for you, and that's what we want. Okay. James 2 says, 
that we can inherit We've inherited the kingdom. What, is, what has God given us? He's given us his love. He's given us his spirit. Ephesians 1 says that his spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. He's given us these knowledge of who he is. And through the spirit, he's given us power to walk out what it means to live like him. Wherever we go. So that's the bar. And the question is, do we want to go there? Do we want that? And if you do, it's yours in Jesus. That's what I want you to hear today. It is yours in Jesus. And that should empower you. That should encourage you. That should embolden you to, to, to walk in it. And to begin to take some steps with God. And if you feel like you don't know what I'm talking about, and you don't know what it looks like, but you want to go there, you can go there. We want to help you. Or if you've been in this a while, hopefully you want more. If you don't, that just means you need to be reminded of what you have. Because when you know what you have, you want more. And that's all I want to close with. I want to close in prayer. Those things. And I want to go to Ephesians, Ephesians 1 18. And, and this is really a prayer.
where when other people look at our lives, they see you. And they, don't even, they may not even know what you look like, but when they see us, something looks different, and they've got to know. And as a result of us living like you, loving like you, others come to know you. Others encounter your great love. Others heal and deliver and set free. That's the kingdom. That's what we've been brought into. That's what we've been seeking. God, that's what we want to pray. And so God, pray in this season for desire to grow. That even tonight there will be a heart that says yes to coming like you. And perhaps for the first time, me wanting. God, thank you to take our yes and something more. God, take our take our collective yes and do something more. Thank you.